I think the first time I ever heard the phrase uh, came from my dad, uh, that the mind can only comprehend what the seat can endure. Have you heard that before? Uh, let's stand, not visit, just stand for just a second, pray for the sermon at time we have together, and then we'll spend just a few minutes talking about Thanksgiving. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us, and we want to thank you for this opportunity that we have to open your word together and look at uh, some things that you have to say to us, uh, kind of a, a common theme running throughout the whole entire Bible. And, and we pray today, Father, you would help us to, uh, to take this in, to be reminded of how important it is that we are grateful. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Amen. You can be seated. It seems like the holiday season comes around faster and faster that after July 4th, we're already decorating for Christmas tree, right? And, you know, it's really crazy. And it seems like many times we completely skip over this holiday known as Thanksgiving. It was probably my favorite growing up, even beyond Christmas, because it was kind of a relaxed time. You went to Grandma's house, and there was all kinds of food prepared and all that, and it was a, it was a really neat time. Uh, it's not really a warm-up for Christmas in my mind, even though neither holiday was celebrated in the Bible. Uh, there's, there's some things we need to learn about Thanksgiving, and, and I've got some Scripture verses here in my notes today, and, and rather than talk about a lot of them, we're kind of just going to jump from verse to verse and, and show you what he's saying here as a theme in Scripture. I want us to understand today, before we leave, that thanklessness is a serious sin. When we are ungrateful, and we are not expressing gratitude to God that that is a serious sin. It's something he takes very seriously, and I want to show you that by looking at a few Scripture verses. I really think we should focus on thanksgiving and thankfulness a lot more than, than we do. First Thessalonians starts in telling us, "...in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." It's what he wants for you, that in everything... You are willing to give thanks, and you are to have and to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And it's an, it's an all-inclusive statement that he's making here. In everything, give thanks. No exceptions, no excuses, nothing is exempt from this, that everything that we go through in life, we're to give thanks. And with the obvious exception of, of sin, when we sin personally, we're not thankful for that, but no matter what happens to us in life, we're to be thankful. And that means during trials and testing and struggles and all the good times and no matter what the circumstances, we are supposed to be people who thank God for what He does for us. Now, for sometimes for me, that means, means me saying, God, I don't know what there is for me to thank you for here, uh, but, but I thank you anyway in, in a particular situation. But it flies in the face of the mindset of our society. So Romans chapter 1, verse 21 tells us the seriousness of an unthankful heart. This is in a passage where he is going down the line and talking about all the things that were wrong in the society, uh, that these people were being given over uh, to a depraved mind because of what was going on in their lives. Here's what he says. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. So they knew Him, but they didn't glorify Him, or they didn't give thanks to Him. And that was pretty serious, because it was taking these people on a spiral downhill to where they would eventually get to a point where God would give them over to depravity. And often that starts with just not being thankful. Thanklessness 
not having gratitude is one of the main characteristics of the ungodly. Look at the people that you work with. People that do not know Christ, or if they know about Him, they don't choose to follow Him. If you hang around with them very much, they're not the type of people that are going to constantly say, I am so grateful, I am so thankful. Are they? They're the ones that are griping about life and griping about their spouse and griping about their relationships and all the other things that they can find to be upset about. And there's just a lot of us that need to really wake up when it comes to this idea of being thankful. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 16 talks about speaking in tongues. Now, I'm not going to open that can of worms, obviously, in a, in a, in a, in a sermon about thanksgiving, but I, want to, but I want to read the passage to you because it does talking, talk about giving thanks. Before we do, I want you to remember that the early church was characterized by thanksgiving. When they came together, they, will th- they were thankful. Do you know that in the Old Testament, they collected the tithes and offerings at certain times just so they could throw a huge party? You remember that? These feasts that they got together and had because they were giving thanks. And it was a time just of overflowing thanksgiving uh, for these people. So this says something in 1 Corinthians 14, 16, where he's talking about speaking in tongues. It says something that sometimes we don't catch. Paul's talking about tongue speaking not being beneficial in a corporate worship service. That's really what he's talking about. But he says, otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving? Now, why would I read that? Here's why. It is assumed in an early worship service that these people were being thankful. It's assumed. They were getting together for thanksgiving. And when we get together on a Sunday morning and we spend time listening to the Word preached, when we spend time singing, and I agree with Luke wholeheartedly that the crux of our service on a Sunday morning is communion, when we pass these emblems and are reminded of what Christ has done for us, that's a time for thanksgiving. And it was assumed that when, we open, when they opened their mouths and when we open ours as Christians, thanksgiving should come out. Now, it's very obvious with a little study of the New Testament church that one of the primary reasons they met together was to give thanks. For a non-Christian, griping is normal. For a Christian, not continually giving thanks is an indication that you are sick. So perhaps today we should ask ourselves the question, are we sick? Are we Christians who are sick? Are you in the, in the mindset of continually giving thanks for what God has blessed you with and, and, and blessed you through? I hope that's the case for you. In 2 Corinthians 4.15, it says, All this is for your benefit so that the grace is reaching more and more people, may, so that the grace that's reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That's the idea that our thanksgiving is overflowing that you're counting your blessings, that you're looking at your life and you're seeing just how good God has been to you. And I hope that you're in the habit of doing that. But at this time of year, perhaps it can serve as a reminder more than any other time for everything that God has done to us and He's done for us. And I talk to a lot of you on a very regular basis, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of you that are incredibly thankful. And it's hard to talk to you for very long without that idea of, I am so blessed, coming up. And, and hopefully we're getting that. Hopefully we're understanding that, that God has blessed us 
immensely. And that that's part of us giving thanks to, to Him is, is part of what we're to do as Christians. When people that receive the grace of salvation, uh, when they receive that, it, it should lead to thanksgiving, and it's a normal and natural thing. We also see in 2 Corinthians 9.11, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. We're even supposed to be generous so that it produces thanksgiving. So that other people will look at the generosity from us and they'll say, I'm thankful for that. That we're fostering this kind of thanksgiving every chance we get. So boiling it down, knowing God and experiencing His blessings should result in a life characterized by thanksgiving. And not just in our spirit either. In, in Ephesians 5.3 it says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather, thanksgiving. So often, we miss these verses. That verse has been used more often than not in sermons and lessons that I've heard about, about no sexual immorality, no impurity, no greed, no, no obscenity, coarse joking about her speech and all that. But he gives us then at the end of it the opposite of all these things. Instead of all that junk, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is what we're supposed to be experiencing in, in our lives. And when we open our mouths, thanksgiving should come out. Now, later on in the same chapter of Ephesians, he says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to give you, real quick, three specific things that you can put into practice this week and in the future that will help you in this concept of, of thanksgiving. First of all, Philippians 4, 10 through 13, Be content. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul said he had learned, right? He had learned to be content in any every situation. That tells me that even for the Apostle Paul, it was not something that was natural. He, he learned to be content in any and every situation. And we're not talking about a guy who, who grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, are we? We're talking about a guy who had been shipwrecked. We're talking about a guy who had been beaten within an inch of his life. We're talking about a guy who goes on in Scripture even and explains to us explains to us how rough he had had it in trying to take care of all the churches. And Paul says, I've really learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. I doubt very seriously that there's any of us here this morning that have ever really been hungry. Now, I may not like what's in the pantry, and I may not want to thaw it out, and I may not want to open the can of spam that's in there because we didn't get groceries. But as far as really and truly thinking that my life might end because I am hungry, I've never, ever felt that. And I'd say there's a pretty good chance that you never have either. But Paul had experienced that. And yet he still understood what it was like to be able to say, I'm content 
and I've learned this, not that we quit striving, but that we're content with what God has blessed us with. And, and that's the first step in learning to be thankful is, is learning to be content. 2 Corinthians 11, he tells us here, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again, five times received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one, beaten with rods, um, pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, spent a night and day in the open sea. He says he's constantly been on the move, been in danger from a whole bunch of things, and he's labored and often gone without sleep. And, and Paul had a tough life, and yet he still can say, towards the end of his life, I have learned the secret to being content in any every situation. And I think maybe the secret is that we can do everything through him who gives us strength. The second thing we can do, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, talks about our minds and training our minds. You need to train your mind to be thankful. See, a lot of us, we've trained our minds to be gripers. We've trained our minds to complain. We've trained our minds to get bent out of shape when things don't go our way, rather than training our minds to be thankful. What would your life look like if you woke up every morning and before your feet ever hit the floor, you spent 30 seconds reminding yourself of how good God is and how much He has blessed you over the course of your life? How would that make a difference in your day? Some of you may do this already. It may, be, it may just be a habit now. And before your feet ever hit the floor, you're thanking God for the blessings that He's given to you. It changes our entire day when we do that. I try, but I forget. And I find that when I forget, and thankfulness is not at the front of my mind, it's easier for me to gripe, it's easier for me to complain about people about things, about stuff that goes wrong. But whenever I take just a little bit of time, even a minute or less, to be reminded of how good God is, it changes my entire perspective on that day. So we train our minds to be think thankful. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And we begin to train our minds to think in such a way. And we start by just entertaining things in your mind that are true. Just start with that one. And start thinking about things that you have to be thankful for. Talk to yourself. Anybody talk to yourselves? Mindy's always getting on me for talking to myself. Talking to yourself again. Yes, I am. Sometimes I'm the only person I want to talk to. And maybe you can relate with that. But, but talk to yourself about being thankful. Explain to yourself, I need to be thankful. I need to give thanks in any and every situation, regardless of the circumstances that I might be going through, that we talk to ourselves. Use statements like, I sure am thankful that, or I'm thankful for, and, and run those things through your minds. Because, folks, it really does change our perspective in a huge way. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. Try it for about a month, every day, and see if it doesn't completely change who you are as a person and completely change your perspective on life. And men, you need to be leaders in your home by setting the tone for thanksgiving. 
rather than griping about everything that there is to gripe about. And there's a bunch in my life and in yours. There's lots of things we can complain about. But don't expect your wife to be happy and thankful if you're griping all the time. Don't expect your kids or your grandkids to live a life of thanksgiving and grateful for everything that you do for them if all they see as an example is you complaining about life and actually complaining about the blessings that God gives you. You see, I think we, we almost step over to the point where when we are constantly griping and complaining, it kinda, it, it's kind of an affrontery to God that He's blessed us in so many ways and yet we're exhibiting ungratefulness. Finally, number three, this is a simple one. We don't even talk about it very much. Hang out with thankful people. Hang out with thankful people. When you are around people who are grateful, it changes your perspective, and it helps you and points you towards that goal of you being thankful. If you hang out with people who are down and gripers all the time, you are going to find yourself sinking to that denominator. Surround yourself with people who are also grateful for what God has done for them. So this morning, gauge your spiritual condition. Uh, back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Those three things are probably the best gauge of a person's spiritual condition. We don't usually use those as criteria. We look at the big sins, the ones that we think are big, and we base our, our status with God on those things that sometimes we're already doing good with. Isn't it easy? Isn't it easy to live a life that's just all right and you think, I'm doing okay if we're the ones that set the standard? Because we can make the standard anything we want it to be. But, but God doesn't work that way. And in His Word, he, he gives us some standards. Rejoicing always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will for us. That's what He wants for you. You no doubt have asked Him what His will is for your life. You've wandered around wondering, feeling like you're in a holding pattern, that you're not real sure what His will is for you. And He tells us blatantly, plain English, his will for us, first and foremost, is to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. We've been in the book of Colossians the last few weeks, and I want to close by reading a verse out of Colossians that we've already read, but it is so incredibly applicable today. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Let me tell you in 30 seconds or less what I believe that means. I believe overflowing with thankfulness means that I should be able to tell you are just completely ate up with being thankful by spending about five minutes with you. It's just, it's just overflowing. It's obvious that you are grateful. It's obvious that you are thankful. It's obvious that it's just overflowing.
pouring out of you, oozing from everywhere, that kind of thankfulness. It ought to be evident to the world. And that is one of those things that sets the believer apart from the rest of the world. Because let me tell you today, griping is normal. Thankfulness is abnormal. Go hang out with some people. Go pay attention. Just listen. Griping is normal. And thankfulness sets us apart. So today, is your life characterized by thanksgiving? Not remembering it occasionally or being reminded of it around thanksgiving, but is it your, is it your nature? Is it your nature to be thankful and to give God praise every day of your life in all of these areas? Thankful for our relationships. Thankful for the blessings that God has given to us. Thankful for a place to sleep that's warm. I talked to a guy this last week that was sleeping in his car because he didn't have a place to sleep. And, and I can't even imagine at 15 degrees outside what that even looks like. What that even looks like. So, so many things that we have to be thankful for. If you are not expressing gratitude to your Creator for what He has done for you, and it just being an attitude and a condition of your heart, then, folks, we are in error. That's one of the greatest indicators of whether we're where we need to be with God is how thankful we are. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you give us so much. You take care of us. You watch out for us. And, Father, I just pray that around this Thanksgiving season, you might just use this time of year to help us to examine ourselves and to see if we are being content, you know, to see if we're hanging out with thankful people, to see if we're disciplining our minds to think right in this area of thanksgiving. Help it to be obvious to all those that we're around that we are grateful.